Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. What's up and welcome back to the podcast. Very happy you're back listening and tuning in and it's going to be a great podcast today. Uh, I'm going to go into the topic of divine healing and how and biblically why God can't be glorified through something called sickness and disease. And um, I wanted to do a podcast about this because uh, I didn't realize that growing up in the family I did because obviously my family doesn't believe that God can be glorified uh, through sickness and disease. But the more, you know, church atmospheres and things I'm around, the different perspectives I've seen and the different, you know, theologies that people believe. And it's very disheartening and grieving to me to know that there's a lot of good people in the world today, a lot of good Christians, you know, that pray every day and go to church all the time and, you know, are good people, good Christians, have good hearts, but they just don't know from the Bible that they've been redeemed from sickness and that God doesn't have it in his nature to teach his children lessons and humble them through things like sickness and disease. And I want to show you through the word of God today why God can never be glorified through sickness and disease, and then show you how Jesus redeemed us from sickness and disease. Because sickness and disease throughout the Bible has always been a curse, not a blessing. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 that Jesus became a curse for us to redeem us from the curse, that Jesus became sin that Jesus bore our sicknesses and diseases so that we wouldn't have to bear them. So I want to show you from the Bible today why sickness and disease is not a way that God teaches his children anything, and more importantly, why healing belongs to you as a child of God, and that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, which included in the curse of the law is sickness and disease. And uh, before we go into the first text today, I just, you know, very briefly want to touch on something that grieves my heart also, which is why people during this time have abandoned the doctrine of divine healing. I mean, if there was ever a time where the church needed to stand firmly upon the theology and the doctrine of divine healing, it was during this time. But, you know, you can see that there are a lot of people that they might preach one thing, but as soon as a situation arises where they really have to put that belief to the test and they really have to, you know, come to a point in their life, a crossroads, where they have to put that belief, you know, to the actual, you know, battleground, really, because that's what it is. The devil's trying to take the word out of people's hearts and make them not believe what they thought they believed. And it's very grieving to me that during this time of this pandemic and this virus and all this stuff, that the church has really backed down from the doctrine of divine healing. When now more than ever, the church needs to stand upon the principle of divine healing. And that's why, one of the reasons why I felt it on my spirit this week to record this episode specifically, you know, divine healing is something that used to be 
you know, not even argued about, not even debated in the church. But, you know, the more people get accustomed to modern medicine and what the world can do and what the world can offer with all of its advancements and things like that, the more people have become dependent upon the world and what the world can do and less upon God and, and what God can do. And that's not what I want for your life. I want you to understand from the Bible that within the Bible contains everything you need to face every challenge and to, and to win every conflict in your life. That no matter what the devil will send your way, Jesus has already won a great victory for you and me. And he's made us a joint heir, someone that's able to receive the things that he made available for us on the cross. And one of those things is healing for our body. So I want you to go to Deuteronomy 28 if you follow along and listen to these with the Bible. Or if you just want to know where I'm reading from, I'm going to be, begin uh, my text with Deuteronomy 28. Because firstly, I want to show you from the Bible that sickness and disease is a curse and not a blessing. Because in Deuteronomy 28 is when God speaks to the people of Israel and he says... There's blessings for obedience, and then there's curses for disobedience. And so I'm not going to read the first, I think it's like 14 verses, which are all the blessings, but I'm going to read to you about the curse, because the curse of the law is found in Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 to, I believe, 30. And so when I say the word, the curse of the law, you know, that might be a Bible term that you've heard, but a lot of people don't even know what the curse of the law is or where it's found. You know, they just think, oh, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. But then you ask him, well, what's the curse of the law? And they have no idea. So really, a lot of Christians have no basis or ground to stand on to know what Jesus redeemed them from. But I want to show you in Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 to, I believe... Uh, I'm going to read until verse like 25. I'm just going to read like 10 verses here because I want to show you in the Bible what are listed as curses. And so when I read these things, I don't want you to be become discouraged because, you know, it's going to say like, cursed you shall be, cursed you shall be. But I want you to be encouraged to know that everything that I'm going to read to you are things that the blood of Jesus has redeemed you from and things that Jesus destroyed in his work on the cross. So the Bible says this in Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. It says, If you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord, verse 20, will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence, okay, so that's sickness and disease, the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. 
The Lord will strike you with wasting disease and with fever, inflammation and fiery heat, with drought and with blight and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish, and the heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under your feet shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain on your land powder. From heaven dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. And I understand that can be a very discouraging thing to read if you don't understand the work of Jesus. But what I wanted to show you from the word of God from that passage was that sickness and, and disease was listed as a curse, not a blessing. So there's no scriptural basis for anyone to say that God can be glorified through sickness and disease. You know, I like to ask this question a lot when I preach about this kind of stuff. You know, I'll, I'll uh, ask a question and ask for a show of hands, and I'll say this. I'll say, by show of hands, how many people in this room, like when I'm preaching, you know, by show of hands, how many people in this room believe that God can be glorified through sickness and disease? And, you know, so hands will go up because because people believe that. You know, I believe God can be glorified through sickness and disease. And every, a lot of hands will go up. But then I always ask a follow-up question, and it will always make their hands go down. But I always ask this follow-up question. I ask this. I say, how many of you believe that God can be glorified through sin? And no hands go up. So... How does that make any sense? Because there was no sickness in the garden, but sickness and disease was a result of Adam and Eve's rebellion and sin and disobedience of God. And through that disobedience, sickness and disease entered the earth. So people will say, well, God can't be glorified through sin, but he can be glorified through sickness. That is total nonsense because sickness was a result of sin. So, you know, how can you believe that God can teach us lessons from things that he redeemed us from, one, with the blood of Jesus, but secondly, how can God be glorified through a consequence of sin entering the earth? You know, you have to have your doctrine and your knowledge about God really screwed up to believe that. Because where does that even come from? Where are you getting it in the Bible to believe that God can be glorified through sickness and disease? And that, you know, God sometimes will make people sick with cancer to make them humble because they were prideful. And then God struck them down with cancer to really show them how good of a God he was. No, that is a lie from the devil. And I want to show you today that you don't have to deal with sickness or disease one more day in your life. But not only can you not deal sickness and disease, but the Bible says you can be anointed to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You know, how can you even believe that when you when you can read about and see what Jesus did and how he operated in his ministry on the earth? You know, do you think Jesus, you know, the gospel is not full of stories of Jesus finding healthy people and then laying hands on them, and then they became blind or sick or crippled. You know, it was the opposite. You know, Jesus wasn't finding, you know, crippled children 
or, you know, people, or excuse me, Jesus wasn't trying to find children that could walk and then he would lay hands on them and be like, oh, now you're crippled. No, Jesus came to make the blind man see, to make the lame man walk again. Jesus didn't come to get, bring sickness in. Jesus came to take sickness out from the camp of his children and the people of God. That's what Jesus came to do. But people get their doctrine all messed up because it doesn't come from the Bible what they believe. It comes from their tradition of what their mother believed, what their grandma believes, what, what their grandfather believed. And the only basis they have to believe that kind of stuff is not from the Bible, but it's from religious religious tradition that holds no scriptural value and has nothing to do with the will of God. But I don't want that to be your story and how your life pans out. But I want you to be equipped today by the word of God to know one, that God can't be glorified through sickness. And secondly, I'm anointed to expel sickness from people through the anointing that's upon your life. That the Bible says, signs shall follow them that believe. That you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So I wanted to begin in Deuteronomy 28 and show you that sickness is listed as a curse. But now let's go to Galatians 3. One of my favorite, all-time favorite passages in the Bible. Galatians chapter 3. Because firstly, I wanted to show you that sickness and disease is a curse. Yes, but that can be kind of discouraging. But I want to show you why you don't have to be discouraged. Because in Galatians chapter 3, the Bible talks about how Jesus redeemed us from the curse. So let's begin in verse 10. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. The Bible says this. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. There's that word again. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So pause there. I want to sh let you know that like in the Old Testament, there was a law given. I'm sure you know that if you're a Christian and you know stuff about the Bible, there was a law given to the people of Israel. But God on purpose made the law so impossible to adhere to because he wanted to demonstrate that it's impossible in your flesh to remove that curse, that there has to be a shedding of innocent blood. That's why Jesus had to come and die. So he was showing the people of Israel through the old covenant and the law that it's impossible in your flesh to be holy and to be on equal footing with God. That's why Jesus, the son of God, had to come to earth as a man, be born of a woman, be tempted in every way, yet as we, yet sin not. Because Jesus became the perfect sacrifice to redeem us from the curse of the law and to give us access to the spirit that was promised. So I want, to, I want you to see that first before I continue to read. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. So I want you to see that. That's what I was trying to explain. No one can be justified before God through the law, meaning you can't attain holiness and righteousness under the old covenant because the law was impossible to adhere to 100%, and it was like that on purpose. But listen to this. For the Bible says, For the righteous shall live by faith. Verse 12. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Verse 13. The best, to me, 
my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Verse 13 of Galatians 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Hallelujah. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged upon a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. This is powerful. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Hallelujah. So, like I said, there's no need to be discouraged from me, you know, reading the curse of the law. Because it makes you happy to know that not only did Christ redeem me from the curse, but he gave me access to the blessing and the promise of Abraham. That even though I wasn't born by Jewish blood, the blessing that was upon the Jewish people now has been granted to me through the work of Jesus upon the cross. That Jesus became a curse for me to redeem me from the curse of the law, which is listed in Deuteronomy 28. And like I said, what was part of that curse? Part of that curse was sickness and disease. You know, the Bible talks about the mildew and the blights and the fever and all these things that were listed as part of the curse that, you know, all these things shall affect your body. The plague shall affect your body. That was in the curse. But Jesus came to redeem us from that curse. So all of those curses are now annulled and have no effect, but now I have access to the blessing through faith. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Jesus redeemed you and me from the curse. So again, what sense does it make for God to teach us a lesson through something he spent so much to redeem us from. You know, God gave the greatest offering and the greatest seed ever sown. He sowed his own begotten son, only begotten son, Jesus, into the earth to redeem us from that. So why then in turn would God undo what he did through the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus to then just give us those things anyway? Is God insane? How insane does that sound when I really tell you it in plain English? That people really believe that. People believe that God sent Jesus to the earth to redeem. Maybe they don't even know about Galatians 3. Maybe they haven't read it or gotten the revelation of it. But what sense does it make for God to go through all that effort of sending Jesus to the earth? For Jesus to go through all that effort to step out of the throne of heaven to come to be born through a woman, live a perfect blameless life, to die on the cross for our sins, and then after all of that, you know, taking the stripes upon his back to heal us, all of the, those things, all of the effort that God and, the, and his son Jesus went through to do all those things for us, to then just to teach us a lesson by giving us sickness and disease anyway, makes no sense whatsoever. If you're taking notes or you write notes for these podcasts, I want you to write this down. Say, I want you to write down the only way God can be glorified through something he redeemed me from is when he takes it from me. I'm going to say that again. The only way God can be glorified through something he redeemed me from is when he takes it from me. Yeah, takes it from me, not gives it to me because God is not a child abuser. You know, think of it in the natural realm. 
How crazy would it be? You would call Child Protective Services if this, something like this happened. But how insane would it be if you went to someone's house that had like little children and, you know, th th those children were getting in trouble and they weren't, they weren't doing things right. They weren't, you know, they weren't being the best behaved kids in the world. And so in return, that parent took that child by the hand, turned on their stove to the highest temperature and forced their child's hand upon that hot stove and burned them, burned their skin. And then afterwards said, you see, that's what happens when you don't listen to me. I'm going to I'm going to do something to hurt you eternally and really just you know, beat the crap out of you because that's what love is. That's not how God works. And God is not a child abuser, but a lot of people that grow up without the knowledge of the redemption from the curse live their whole life thinking that that's how God is with his children. That is not how God operates. God teaches by instruction, not destruction. So instead of taking the child's hand and putting it on a hot stove, all God has to do is speak by his word to say, hey, don't do that. Don't touch that stove. Don't speak that way. And he corrects his children by instruction and not destruction. Because sickness and disease has no benefit in any area of life. It's not something that has any beneficial value. It doesn't benefit your body, doesn't benefit your mind, doesn't benefit your spirit, doesn't benefit you emotionally. It damages all of it because when sickness comes, not only does it affect the person that has the sickness, but the entire family sometimes can go through these hard struggles because of a disease that, you know, a 12 year old child loses his mother because of cancer. Do you think that he likes that? Do you think he's like, oh, wow, that cancer that took my mother's life that really taught me how to, you know, do this, these sort of what? No. He's going to hate cancer with all of his heart because it took someone from this earth that he loved. Sickness has no benefit whatsoever. And God doesn't teach us by destruction. He teaches us by instruction. E.W. Kenyon, who was a, a great man of God, said this. He said, Satan cannot legally lay upon us what God has laid upon Jesus. I'm going to say that again. This is a quote from E.W. Kenyon. You can read his books. He's awesome. He has great material. He's no longer alive, but he has books around you can read. I must repeat that quote that he said. He said, Satan cannot legally lay on us what God has laid on Jesus. That's absolutely right. So anything that Jesus bore for us, we no longer have to bear. And that includes sickness and disease. I know I can get into blessing and prosperity and financial things. You know, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know, God... You know, Jesus, though he was rich, became poor, that through his poverty, we might become rich. Okay, I could go into that, but I'm not going to do that today. I might, maybe I'll save that, do that next week. I'm talking about sickness and disease today and the, and the doctrine of divine healing that needs to come back to the church and especially be preached to this new generation. But what happens is, is religious doctrine and teaching, it makes people open up their bodies to attack because anything that you don't have a scriptural basis to stand on, you've opened yourself up to receive. So if I believe 
that God can teach me through sickness and teach me through disease, then I promise you the devil will give you as much sickness and disease as you can handle because of your bad doctrine and because of your bad theology. And that's why it grieves my heart. Because people that preach that, they open up their people to attack in their body. And that's why I'll never, but you know, you'll sooner catch me dead than preaching to people that God teaches us through sickness and sometimes God gives people cancer to humble them and teach them a lesson. That is a doctrine from the pit of hell. That is not who God is. God is Jehovah Rapha, the God of eternity that heals me. That's who he is. That's who he introduced himself as. Not the God who allows sickness in the camp. The God who takes sickness out of the camp. Psalm 105 verse 37. One of my favorite psalms. He, the Lord, brought them out, the people of Israel, with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble among their tribes. God delivers from sin. God blesses financially, and God heals bodily. Never forget it. It's the three dimensions of the gospel. So never think ever again that God can be glorified through sin. You know, that's why David said in Psalm 103 that the Lord forgives all my iniquities or my sins, and he heals all my diseases because he knew that there was a connection and a correlation between sin and sickness. Just like I'm preaching right now. That how can God be glorified through a result and a consequence of sin entering the earth? People don't think about stuff. And they have no scriptural basis to stand on. But if you're listening to this podcast, by the end, you'll have no excuse to ever say, well, no one ever told me that God's a healer. And no one ever told me that it's God's will for me to be in perfect health and not have to deal with that kind of stuff. No one ever told me that. You'll, if you listen to this from beginning to end, you no longer have that excuse because this is why I'm making the podcast. Because our generation has to get the revelation that Christ is our healer. And sickness and disease has no place in the life of a believer. But we have authority over sickness and disease through the blood of Jesus. You know, there's a connection between sin and sickness, but be encouraged that the blood of Jesus redeems you from them both. And, you know, to quote T.L. Osborne in his, from his book, Healing the Sick, he said this, he said, there's no glory in your suffering. And that's a hard thing to preach, you know, like, because people love it. People love it. People love the, the attention of their disease and their issue and their problem. You know, a lot of people, you know, there was a girl like in my sixth grade class who always was sick, always had a broken bone, always was like, and, you know, going to a private Christian school every day, we'd have to pray for this girl and it would become annoying. And we found out after she left the school that she was something called a hypochondriac. And I had never heard this word. I was 12, 13. I'd never heard that word. But basically what that means is, is like you think you're sick all the time, but really you're perfectly healthy. And so we would have to pray. We were, we were praying for this girl 
like every day because she was always sick, always had a broken bone or some issue or some problem. And then we wasted all that time because we found out that she really wasn't sick. She had an issue in her mind where she always thought she was sick and always thought she had a problem. You know, that's a demonic oppression, (laughs) you know, but for people to think, oh, God can be glorified through that. God can really, you know, show his nature through that. You're, that's foolish. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to edit because it upsets me that people think that about God. It makes me mad that people talk about my creator, my savior, my healer, like he's some abusive parent that doesn't care about his children, like he's some psycho. That's just sending cancer to little kids and crippling people and making people blind to show his his nature. Come on. Think about it. Either God is good and perfectly good and there's no evil in him or he's not who he said he is. There's no glory in your suffering. People love it, man. Oh, I'm sick. Keep me in your prayers. And they don't want you to be well. They don't want to be healed. All they want is your pity. All they want is you for, to feel bad for them. And they'll, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? And then, you know, and they just love the attention of their sickness. They love the attention of their ailment and their problem. They don't want to be healed. They don't want to be set free. They just want the attention of the suffering. But T.L. Osborne said, there is no glory in your suffering. Because Jesus already suffered for me. So why do I have to suffer something that Jesus already took for me? Jesus suffered, bled, and died so I don't have to suffer and die. He died so that I might live. He bore sickness upon his body so I can be healed. He became poor that I might be rich. That's what Jesus did. That's who Jesus was. He was a substitution. He wasn't just a temporary fix. And then we're going to have to go through the same things. There's no glory in your suffering, my friend. There's no glory in your suffering. Jesus suffered so you don't have to suffer. But the more you take glory in your suffering, the more you just allow the devil and what he wants for you to be something you think it should be in your life, you'll have all you can take and more. The devil will gladly account for your poor theology and give you all the disease, suffering, and lack that you want. Because your future is in your mouth and it's in your faith of what you choose to believe. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to read to you a verse. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24. The Bible says this about, hallelujah. Verse 24. This is about Jesus. Verse 24. He himself, Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. Verse 20, I'm going to read it again. Verse 24. 
He himself, that's Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin, hallelujah, and live in righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, not will be healed, not one day you'll be healed, not if you pray a thousand Hail Marys, not if you go to church every Sunday. You have been healed. It's past tense. It's done. That's why Jesus said on the cross in his last breath, it is finished. It's over. It's accomplished. I fulfilled the will of God, the Father. It's done. Game over, devil. I won the victory and I've made my people conquerors. That is Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 24. I'm going to read it again. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins, listen to this, in his body. Hallelujah. Well, really what that means is he healed us of like, you know, ethereal, outside, just like spiritual disease and, you know, like having sickness in your... No, he bore our sin in his body and he healed us of our diseases. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why it upsets me when people like to preach that God can get glory out of your suffering and your sickness and your poverty. That is from hell. Jesus bore our sins that we might not bear them. He bore our diseases that we might not bear them. He bore our poverty and became poor that we might be rich. That's who Jesus is. It's who he always will be. But people like to preach about glory and suffering. No, Ugh. that is not the Bible. That is not the Bible. That might be what your grandfather had on his tombstone. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Just because someone before you believed it doesn't mean it has to be what you believe and what you have in your life. You can be the first person that says, I believe that what Jesus did, he did for me and he did it forever. That it wasn't some temporary buying back, but he redeemed me forever. That forever and ever, what Jesus did will stand and will be effective and upon my life. That the blood of Jesus makes it so, and the blood of Jesus makes me healed, makes me blessed, and saves me from sin and from death eternal in hell. If sickness is something that God wants us to have, then why do Christians run to the medicine cabinet when they feel a fever or when they feel like they're getting sick? If sickness is the will of God and a tool that God uses to teach us things, then why do Christians do everything they can to get rid of it? Why do they go to doctors? Why do they go to the hospital? Why do they, you know, go on WebMD and look up their symptoms of what they have and, you know, look up natural remedies and buy essential oils and take lemon juice or whatever that, whatever people do nowadays to get rid of sickness? If it's something that God uses to teach us something, if there's goodness in it, then why do Christians do everything they can in their power to get it out of their body. People don't even think. People are so hypocritical in their doctrine of who God is that they don't even realize they're double-minded. 
It's something from hell. It's something that came through something else called sin. And Jesus came to remove it from our lives. It doesn't belong to you, my friend. And you have the ability to rebuke it and send it back to hell where it came from. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. I just want to show you something about Jesus because in two verses, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, and then I'm going to read Acts 10, 38. But let's go to Hebrews 1, chapter 3 because I want to show you something before I go to Acts 10, 38. Hebrews 1, verse 3, the Bible says this. It says, he, this is about Jesus once again, he is the radiance of the glory of God. And, listen to this, the exact imprint of his nature. Okay, so listen to this. Jesus was the exact imprint of his Father. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I want to show you something in a second when I go to Acts chapter 10, but listen to this again. The exact imprint, the ESV says, of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. <laughs> After, hallelujah. After making purification for sin. Again, you see the connection. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. <laughs> I love Jesus, man. I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse, verse 3 again. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty. Hallelujah. Having become much superior than the angels, as the name he has inherited is much more excellent than theirs. Okay, let's go to Acts 10.38, because I want to connect that scripture to Acts 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Hallelujah. I hope this is helping you today or wherever you're listening. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed. Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good. What was the good things he did? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So the reason I, hallelujah, the reason I went to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 was because I wanted you to see that part of the scripture where the Bible says Jesus was the exact imprint of his father and had this exact imprint of his nature. Because if, okay, so, and that means anything that Jesus did while he was on the earth in his ministry was the exact will and replica, 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 how do you say that word? Uh, duplicate, I'll say that, I can't say replication, jeez. It was the exact duplicate of what God was and who God is. So, 
Acts 10, 38, what did he do while he was on the earth? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So people will say, well, God's will is to teach us things through sickness because he's glorified through it. How is that possible? How is it possible if Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of the father and what he did on the earth was heal everyone who was oppressed of the devil? How? Where are you getting it from? If he's the exact carbon copy of his father and he went about healing all who were sick, do you think God, his will is to come down and make everyone sick and not be healed? Where are you getting it in the Bible, man? Because I don't see it. I don't see it anywhere. And when I read about Jesus and I see the things he did while he was on the earth, he was a healer. He was someone that set people free. He didn't come to bring chains on and put burdens on. He came to break the heavy yoke and the burden of people and give them an easy burden and a, a, a light burden and an easy yoke. He didn't come to make life more difficult. He didn't come to bring sickness to the people. He came to heal the people from the effects of the devil and the effects of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's who Jesus was. That's who Jesus always will be. He was the exact copy and imprint of his father, and he went about healing all, all, capital A, capital L, capital L, not healing some, not healing only Jewish people or only white people or black people. He healed everyone who was oppressed of the devil. And that's who he is right now. For Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, is the same. Hallelujah. Yesterday, today, and forever. Well, Jesus only came to heal people in the Gospels 2,000 years ago to establish the church and to get followers. And now we don't need he No. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday today and forever and the same spirit that raised him from the dead now lives in you and me so what what do you think is expected of us to go around making healthy people sick or to go around making sick people well it's your duty as a believer to see the sign of healing and people got to get bold in this stance on the doctrine of divine healing because this whole COVID thing, the whole pandemic, has made people that were faith teachers bow to disease. And that grieves my heart. And I know for a fact it grieves the heart of God. Because the Bible says anything done outside of faith is sin unto God. It wasn't faith to close down church because of a sickness. It's not faith to wear a mask in a worship service. It's not faith to even wear it walking in the building. That's called a spirit of fear. And that, my friend, does not come from God. It comes from the devil. For you have not received a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So tell me where these people are getting their doctrine from and why they're backing down from divine healing. Because it grieves my heart and it grieves the heart of God. I promise you, man. I promise you God is grieved. Got to get bold in your faith, especially as a young person. You know, I'm 21 years old. I haven't been around the world yet. I haven't built a church or planted churches yet. I haven't done a whole lot. 
But I can tell you, I'm, you know, call me prideful, call me whatever you want. But I know that not many people have the kind of faith I have about this. And it, it hurts me because I know if people did, things would change because faith is the currency of heaven. You can't make transactions with God and have things that are in God's word without faith. Faith is what unlocks what God has in his word. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is how you make transactions from the word, okay? There's a menu, there's a list of things that I can possess from the word of God, but faith is how I actually make them active in the life of my life. And the sooner you realize what's in God's will for your life, the sooner you'll walk in the full manifestation of what he wants for your life. Faith is the currency of heaven. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5, or I'm going to turn there if you want to know where I'm going. Because I want to read about the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And I actually just want to read a couple verses at the end of the story to show you something about, about that healing that's very, very interesting. Um, let me find it here. Okay, yeah, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. The Bible says this, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. Excuse me, I think I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, sorry. I, let's go to verse uh, 25. Excuse me. I apologize. Verse 25 of Mark 5. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. But she grew no better, but she rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I can touch even his garments, I will be made whole, made well. Verse 29, and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Verse 30, and Jesus perceiving in himself that power or virtue had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you, can't you see the crowd pressing around you? And yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And how, I love Jesus. Verse 34, Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. And that's just one healing that I can show you where Jesus said the faith was the thing that had made the effect of the healing because you can read different places in the or a place in the Bible where the Bible says Jesus came to a certain region but because of the doubt and unbelief and the lack of faith there he was only able to heal a few sick people but from what you can see in Mark chapter 5 in the story of the woman with the issue of blood 
is Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you whole. So there was something about the faith that activated what was in Jesus. And it's the same with us today. Everything you need in life, every answer you could ever need is in Jesus, is in the word, because Jesus is the word, John 1, 1. So the illustration, I mean, obviously you can read the story for what it is, but the revelation from the story is that Jesus is the word. And so the woman had the faith because of the reports that she heard. I like to think of those that she heard some good preaching. So she heard the reports that Jesus is a healer. So she said, I'm going to prove this for myself. I'm going to see if that really is true, that Jesus is a healer and he can do these things because I have an issue. I have an issue of blood. And so she finds Jesus and there's a great crowd that day and they're pressing in on Jesus. Everyone wants Jesus's attention. Everyone wants something from him. And instead of getting discouraged, she presses through the crowd. I don't know how many people were there. You know, I could probably do a study on it and a commentary and read about how many people might have been there. But she presses through a crowd because she said in her heart, which I love, she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I can be made well. And because of that faith, because that's the word, because the word always comes first. And then your faith upon the word gives you the manifestation. So the word comes. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. And she presses through the crowd and she reaches out to touch Jesus. And as, hallelujah, immediately when she touches the hem of his garment, the issue of blood dries up and she's made whole. And Jesus, perceiving that virtue and power had gone out of him, turned to see who touched him. And the disciples said, how can you say who touched you? There's so many people around you. Everybody's touching you, Jesus. But Jesus knew that someone touched him in a different way. Someone touched him and virtue and power went out of him. And so she, he found the woman. Hallelujah. I love it. He found the woman and said, woman, thou, thy faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Faith is the currency of heaven. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without standing on the faith that Jesus is a healer and the work on the cross made me healed, that by his stripes I am healed. Without the faith of that, nothing that I've said or preached and taught so far will have any effect in your life because you have to believe it. I'm going to go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, I'm going to read a couple verses because I, I love the word of God. You know, I hope it's not too many verses for you, but better the Bible than just my opinion. And my these aren't my opinions. This is from the word of God. These things that, I'm, that I teach in these podcasts come from the word, so I use a lot of scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible says this. It says, my son... Be attentive to my words, 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 words. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight and keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Hallelujah, healing. Again, you can see the connection. I hope you can see it as you've been listening. And I've, I've just been giving you more scripture and scripture. That that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that when you get the word of the Lord in your heart, there's healing that flows from the word. And the reason it flows is through faith. So this revelation will make you see 
the ministry and the miracles of Jesus in a whole new way. Because you see, Jesus was the living word. And so everything Jesus did, he did as acting as the word of God, which he was. Hallelujah. And so how can people get to the place where they think God can be glorified through sickness? When the Bible says healing comes from the word. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to jump there. Healing comes from the word, and it's accessed and activated through your faith. Matthew chapter 9. I want to show you something from the story where Jesus heals. He heals a paralytic. He heals someone who can't walk. I want to, I want you to, show, I want to show you something. And I want, to, I want you to see the conversation that Jesus has with the Pharisees about this. Because it's a perfect illustration of faith and religion having an argument about healing and about miracles. Listen to this. Matthew 9. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, Again, faith, faith, faith. When Jesus, the word, saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. This is very important. You know, the Bible, you know, to really understand the Bible, it's almost like detective work. You see the same key words and you see how they're like always connected and you can find out some revelation. Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. But verse four, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? Okay, I'll stop there. Because I really never understood what that meant. Because I, I, what I thought Jesus meant was, you know, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven than rise and walk. Because one is just words and the other one is you actually have to demonstrate, you know, someone being healed of being paralyzed and then walking. But really what Jesus was saying was that they're the same. Hallelujah. Which, go, which is why I'm talking about it in this podcast. Because sin and sickness are two things that Jesus came to redeem us from. And Jesus always connected the two. Which is why he said, which is easier. Which is easier to say. To say your sins are forgiven or to say, rise and walk. So Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, which one do you think is harder in your religious mind? Which one is harder, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, rise and walk? Because from the perspective of the word of God, from the perspective of Jesus, Jesus saw them as the same thing that were both equally easy to get rid of. And so should you. Which is why you should never think sickness is something God can be glorified through. Because like I said towards the beginning, if God can't be glorified through sin, then how can God be glorified through sickness? But it takes your faith to believe the word of God and the will of God is to have you be healed and walk in health all the days of your life. Because God's will of divine healing is established in his word. But until you access that will of healing by faith, it will remain inactive in your life. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 11, and this is my last verse, I promise, and then we're going to close up. We're coming up on an hour, 
in the podcast. I, I'm trying to keep it around that time. You know, as I've made more episodes, they've been going longer and longer. So I hope, like, by the time this next year, they're not, like, three hours. But, hey, that might be cool. It's just no one would listen to them. <laughs> or if they did, they'd, they'd have to listen to them in, like, seven different sessions to, like, get everything. But I'm um, coming up on an hour, and I want to close in Mark chapter 11. I really hope this blessed you today. And um, I know a lot of times, like, I uh, I should probably pause and just let you know, like, hey, I'm on your side and I'm rooting for you. But I, the reason I'm so passionate about this is firstly because I love God and God called me to preach. But secondly, I love people. And I don't want people to live their whole life never knowing that God redeemed them from sickness and disease and poverty. And part of my calling and my mission as a as a person of who God, you know, has, is raising me up to be is to be someone that can show you something from the word of God that maybe you never saw before or maybe someone never taught you or maybe you grew up in a church that didn't believe like this. But the reason I have this podcast at all is because I love you and I want you to be great. I want you to do things in your life that you never thought you were capable of doing. I want God to blow your mind this year and give you the best year that you've ever had despite any circumstance in the world and I want to be a voice of encouragement to you a voice of faith that says hey no matter what's going on in the world you're empowered to do great things because the blood of Jesus is on your life his spirit lives in you and his word is on your mouth and on your tongue and you can do great things and I want you to know that before we go in this final scripture and I thank you for sticking around to this point if you have and we're going to close right here with one of the most powerful verses in the Bible to me. It's Mark eleven twenty four. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says this. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Amen. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I want to encourage you in your prayer life. The next time you go to pray, maybe you've never had a moment where you've prayed to God from a standpoint of faith of saying, God, I know your word declares this about me. God, I know your word declares I can be healed and I can be set free from anything in my life. Generational curses can be broken. God, I know your word says all these things now. And God, I understand my faith will activate what you've given me to believe in your word. So God, right now, I don't believe that I'm getting it one day. I don't believe that, you know, eventually if I just keep praying, it will come. But God, Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. That's powerful to think about. Jesus said, don't believe that it's coming. Don't believe that it's on the way. Don't believe that if you, you know, you pray hard enough or if you go to church, you know, every Sunday, then it will happen. But Jesus said, believe you have received it and it will be yours. Believe that you have it right now. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Now faith is. Faith isn't about tomorrow. Faith is about today. 
Faith is I receive everything that God has for me and I receive it right now, today. You don't have to wait one more day. You don't have to wait until you're 30 or uh, you know, a period of life where you think now you're able to receive everything that God has for you. And I'm not saying that there's things that won't be reserved in your path and plan of life that God has for you for certain seasons and stuff like that. But a lot of things, everything you'll ever need are things that you can possess right now. You don't have to wait 30 years to receive healing in your body. You don't have to wait 20 years to receive salvation for your soul. You don't have to wait 50 years to receive blessing financially and to receive prosperity. You can receive all of those things now through the currency of heaven, faith. And I never want you to ever again think that sickness and disease is something that God can be glorified through. For how can God be glorified through something that he redeemed us from? You're redeemed. You've been bought with the blood of Jesus. You've been made a new creature in him. You have a new spirit. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You're more than a conqueror. You have the victory in every situation because you serve a God who possesses all victory, and Jesus won the final battle on the cross, and it is finished. And now we can just operate in the dominion and authority that's been granted to us through the blood of Jesus and his victory on the cross. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today's time on the podcast. I thank you, God, that people are receiving revelation from your word, that you're a healer and that you can never be glorified through sickness and disease. And that, God, you've made available to them all of the wonderful gifts that you have. And you've made it available in your word and they can access it by faith. I thank you, God, that none of my friends that are listening will ever go through life thinking that they just have to deal with life as it comes. And that sometimes life is good and sometimes life is bad. And that the devil just has his way sometimes and things go wrong and chaos happens. No, God, I thank you that my friends will always know that they're more than a conqueror, that you have great things in store for them, that you're their healer, you're their provider, you're their savior, you're their deliverer. I thank you, God, that my friends have that revelation today by your word in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray it. Amen. Amen. I, I hope this podcast blessed you. I want you to know that I love you, that I'm praying for you, I'm thinking about you, and God loves you, I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content. 